back for another episode of the Burning Leaf Podcast. Myself, Russo, and Tom are here with you. We've got a star-studded cast of things to talk about for this episode. It's going to be jam-packed, but it's going to be all worth it because there's stuff we're going to get into that's good, that's bad, and just plain out ugly. So, with the first, this one's ugly on one team's side. The Toronto Maple Leafs beat the Canucks in three straight games in the on Thursday, I believe, Saturday, and Monday. So... What is your quick overall thoughts? I'll get you you to talk first, Tom, because I, be, I bet you watched all these three games. So your quick overall thoughts on this three-game set versus the Knucks. Uh, that's a very generous of me watching all three games. I definitely went back and watched the highlights. Can't say I stayed up until 5 a.m. to watch the massacre of the Canucks. What a that, that team's got some problems just overall. I think we all see it. They are – they look uninterested in their own end. Braden Holtby – he had some death stares. What was it, JT Miller, I think? So, like, even on the forward side, they don't look like the same team they did last year. And we see it with everybody in the post game press conferences. I think it was Travis Green had a few words to say. And just, they don't look like they're having a good time. They really no. don't. And they got massacred by Montreal. And then they followed it up with Toronto and they're not sitting pretty in the division standings. So we'll see how that goes with them, but they're having a rough time over there. You never say you want to say anything on them. Oh, uh, I just, I didn't really watch. I, I saw a little, I saw what I watched the game on Monday. Uh, where funny enough, the Canucks really carried the entirety of the game really up until yep. the third. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like Tom was saying, this isn't the same team as they were a year ago. Like, I watch Braden Holpe and I just go like, how did Jacob Markstrom do this? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. like they were bad defensively last year, and that was with guys like Tanev and Stetcher still there. Um, and it really just shows how good Jacob Markstrom was for them a year ago. Like, yeah. it, you know, I, this is no discredit to Braden Holpe. He was, he's been a great goalie, and you know, maybe he's not the same guy he was when the Caps won the Cup, but man like it really just goes to show how good Markstrom was and um yeah this this isn't the same team like you know their their first line is it's good you know Pedersen's had a rough start uh but we all know how good he is Brock Besser has actually been really good and JT Miller I, I think we all knew he wouldn't be as good as he was last year yeah but he's playing but well he's playing well like I don't necessarily think he's as good of a player as he was a year ago mm-hmm. but I also don't think he was he's as bad as he was his last year in Tampa Bay I think he's somewhere in the middle um and then their second line it's just Bo Horvat and you know you got Tanner Pearson there they I don't who is that guy playing on their line like Justin Bailey yeah like you see what I mean like this, there's not a whole lot of depth defensively it's just Quinn Hughes and Nate Schmidt almost carrying the bunch um and then in net you know Thatcher Demko had three really good games in the bubble. No one really thought he would, you know, recreate what he did. And Brayden Holpe, he's having a hard time holding down the fort. But yeah, like but, you go, you no, no, go ahead, go ahead. Like it just like like I know Holpe's not Markstrom and not playing as good as Markstrom was in Vancouver when he was there. But like he's getting hung out to dry. Like I hate people yeah. who just like go blame this guy. Like he is first the Leafs, he got hung out to dry at least yeah. in the seven three game I believe it was I think it was like five times you literally just couldn't do anything so 
I mean, when you have a guy like Markstrom in your back end, he, he would have saved like five of those, but it's Jacob Markstrom. He's one of the best goals in the NHL, right? So Right, and there was a really good tweet uh, after the, I think it was in the second game. I forget who put it out, but it was like Braden Holpe fought to bring his turtles across the border for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw some good tweets. I saw that one, and then I saw one of like where Holpe was giving the death stare to the, vet, to the bench. Yeah. And the caption was just, how did Marky do this shit? And I, I had a good laugh. Like, yeah. I, I don't want to get too big into Jacob Marshall. It's just like, this is why the Flames paid him six by six. Oh, for I sure. I didn't understand how good he was up until you started watching him this year. And then you start watching how bad the Canucks were defensively. Yeah, there's a reason. And I'm not, yeah, I'm not like- going to sit here and I'm not going to sit here and say the Canucks should have kept him around. And obviously there's expansion draft ramifications coming you know after the season and if you kept Markstrom then you're basically gonna lose Demko but um yeah I I do feel bad though for the Canucks just because Patterson is so good and I know he hasn't been great this year but like you'll see spurts of him like that goal he scored on Monday like what an absolute rip you know I I feel bad you know almost but as a Flame fan it's kind of funny yeah and we like we talk about the bad about the Canucks and there's two guys who are kind of in the spotlight right now. It's Travis green and the GM, Jim Benning, GM, <laughs> the Jim Benning has been in the spotlight for years now. Just, I know he's made some good drafting moves, but the signings were so, I remember every, every off season, you're like, just don't hand them a phone on July just like, 1st. Just lock them in a closet. Yeah. Right. It, and it's funny. It's funny that you say that because I saw, I think it was Adam wild. He put out a tweet and he was like, you know, for years I said, put away the phone on July 1st. And then when he finally does it, he loses Tanev, Markstrom, Stitcher, and Foley. So, yeah, I don't no, like it. that's, it, it has been his downfall is July 1st. Put away the phone, man. You didn't have to give Tyler Meyer six million or five, whatever he gave him. You didn't have to give Beagle and Roussel. No, that, those ones contracts. that don't boggle my mind. You know, the, the Louis Erickson tobacco, <laughs> like, you know, like there's, this team could be in a such in a, such a better position if Jim Benning had just put down the phone on July 1st. Right. And, you know? and I know Tom, 1st. you've always said, Tom's always said that Jim Benning is a scout. Yeah. And yeah. it shows oh, yeah, by his drafting. Scout. Look at Niels Hoglander, man. Looks great. Like they've hit on all of their draft picks. You can oh, even yeah. go to like Pedersen. Who expected that? Jim no. Benning, because he was one of four NHL GMs that went to Sweden to watch him. Like he, he's a scout. He's a fantastic one. He's not a GM. Um, and you brought up like the his free agency that was what four or five years ago. Louis Erickson was six, four, like, five years ago. Like, we're still the Canucks are still going to have issues for that, and it was the past few years. Oh, he messed up on July 1st, however, it's okay because they don't really have anybody to pay now, they do, and you lose to Foley and you have to sign Patterson this offseason. And they're gonna have a they're in a cap crunch for a team that's at the bottom of a fairly weak division. So uh, yeah. let me let me put this question out to you guys. Travis Green and Jim Benning. Who's more on the hot seat or who do you think gets fired first? I think it's Jim Benning. I, I don't blame Travis Green for any of this. It's not his fault. The roster is depleted. It's not his mm-hmm. fault that his goaltending isn't up to par. And it's not his fault that the defense is as bad as it is. You know, like I, like I said before, it's basically Quinn Hughes and Nate Schmidt. And neither of those guys are very good defensively. Yeah, they, like, didn't really, they didn't really add anything around them. At the same time, I think, like, I, I agree with you. Jim Benning should be the first to be fired. Or at least, like, 
just drop them down in the organization and head make them make them your head scout yeah make them your head scout please um but is this not on travis green a little bit for how disinterested they look especially that too i mean if but if you're the canucks though like you're seeing how i don't know how much it's playing into it but i don't know if you're elias Pettersson or quinn hughes or even thatcher demko you're looking over you know, to the team in Alberta and you're seeing how well Jacob Markstrom's been playing and you mm-hmm. see how well Chris Tanner's been playing. Like, I don't know. I, I saw something, I think it was Elliot Friedman that said, um, you know, when the younger guys were going through it, Markstrom was the guy that Pedersen yeah. went to and Tanev was yeah. the guy that Hughes went to. You know, I, I get it from a cap perspective. The cap stayed flat and I understand it. You couldn't pay Jacob Markstrom six by six and you know, even though I'm not a fan of the TANF contract, you couldn't give him that either. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be betting that goes. I think if the Canucks, like, I know, I think they play the Flames f- three or four times in a row now. If things go bad in those f- three or four games against the Flames, like, is it, do we see a potential shakeup here? I don't know. Right? And they, if it happens, like, the Canucks would have a horrible start to the season. And yep. they've had a like a tough start to it. And yep. Montreal beat up on them and they were tired every game. And then the Leafs did it. And if the Flames do it too, that is the arguably top three teams, the division out of your way early. Yeah. Well, and the Flames did kind of dummy them. The <laughs> two game set they had it really wasn't close. Um yeah, I, and again, I'll say it again. I feel so bad just like for Elias Patterson. Guy's unbelievable, and he's catching all this yeah. flack. And I know he's not playing really up to his standard, but you got to feel for him. Yeah, Thomas. Yeah, no, like Jim Benning's the first to go. He's had the longer run with the Canucks, and he's really hasn't done anything with them, to be honest. Like drafting, sure, whatever. Signing, no. Uh, playoff success, second round. Yeah, you could say what you want about it. When you go into the next year and you made the second round, all that expectations on you in the city of Vancouver, first of all, and in the NHL, all eyes on you because you need to perform in a division where you have all the Canadian teams, first of all. And well, he let all his guys go, even Tyler Toffoli, keep him, keep him around. Who cares? You're in the cap. Who cares? You got to keep the guy who scored eight goals against you so far to start the year. And there's like four more matchups versus that team. So it's Jim Benning, but I think we're I think we're set to move on from the Canucks. We talked about about them enough. There's another new GM in town in Pittsburgh. We can stay on that topic. Ron Hextall is the new general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and in a surprise move, Sports Center anchor Brian Burke they name as president of hockey operations. So I pose the question to you two: good or bad move from the Penguins here? Tom, I'll let you take it away. Okay, can I say good and bad? Yeah, sure. I think we're all on the same boat there. I, I think so. Like, uh, I brought it up before. Like, Hextall was, you can say what you want about what he did in Philadelphia. And I think it ended a little rough, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, like, he's essentially built that Flyers team, or at least a lot of what is there. Connectney, uh, Carter Hart, I believe, yep. was brought in under him. Yep. Like, the whole of what they are now was yeah. mostly attributed to his tenure there and it took a little bit for them to get going um and i think he'll be 
fine in Pittsburgh. Like it's it's kind of a weird to go from Philadelphia to Pittsburgh and that whole yeah. <laughs> you don't see that very often. Like Dubas isn't gonna go be the GM of Ottawa. That's not gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> kind of what? Uh, but I think he'll be fine. And then the other news that Burke is the president of hockey operations that <laughs> going to go out on a limb and assume it's in a little bit more of a like formal advisor role rather than the actual president of hockey operations just it's a little confusing with all of his takes that he's had on sportsnet and you can say what you want about him and what he did with the leafs and then you hear about his rationale behind everything like we brought up Tanev like five minutes ago. He wanted to trade Tanev for Nylander. I don't know if I would have done that. I definitely wouldn't have done that. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, was very like, that was the hill he was going to die on for three or four years. Now, let's see what he can actually do back in a role where he has input to that, opposed to just being yeah, on a panel. So uh, good and bad. And I'll let you guys share your thoughts. Yeah, I, I like the Hextall move. I think, like you said, Tom, he did a, I think he did a pretty good job in yeah. Philly. Um, he didn't, you know, like you said, it didn't end well just because Philly was like up and down for a few years, right? Like, thank God Carter Hurd ended up working out for them two years mm-hmm. ago when they ran like nine goalies um, and he was more than ready to take on the role. Um, I'm okay with that. Like basically where Ron Hextall's job is for the next three years make Pittsburgh competitive. That's all he has to do. Um, obviously, it's a lot easier said than done, but you have Crosby, who's 33. Mm-hmm. Malkin's 34, 33. Latang's up there. Your guys are getting older. Your job is to make them competitive for the next three years. And if you have to go all out to do that, um, that's kind of what his job is. I don't really think Cindy Crosby wants to be in a rebuild. I think he wants to you know, take these next few years of his prime to win. The Brian Burke angle is so just funny in a way, almost. Um, he was, when Burke was with the Flames, we saw so much of just what he talks about on Sportsnet. And the way that I'll put it is the way that urinate, the guy in YouTube urinating tree loves to put it big old North American grit and Canadian grit. Um, I think that that's what he's going to end up, you know, trying to push in Pittsburgh is we need more of these er guys with Crosby and more of these er guys with Malkin and we need a little bit more of toughness on the blue line. And um, all I'm going to say is Brian Burke loves Sam Bennett. I'll just leave it at that. Oh, you just leave it at that. Just mic drop there, I'll leave, right? I'll leave it at that. He loves I, Sam Bennett. If I can just go quickly back to the, like, use the Brian Burke's tough guys. And Thomas, I'll let you say your share in a minute. Um, is that not what Rutherford basically tried to do for the last little bit? He tried. He tried. It I didn't work. Maybe the Ryan. wrong tough guys. Oh, like, he brought in Ryan Reeves for a first. Yeah, and <laughs> sure, like Ryan Reeves has value outside of playing hockey because in terms of value of playing hockey, there isn't actually much there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like fantastic to actually have on your team just intimidating to have on the bench and we say grit like wayne simmons that's that's grit um rest in peace wayne simmons at six weeks but uh if that's like the way berkey would take 
uh, is North American Grit. I think that's fine. It's the Rutherford of, hey, let's make top pair Jack Johnson. Let's see how that works. I don't, that's not going to work. And I think uh, if they need to shift away from anything, it's that because the Penguins have not been going in a good direction for a few years now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird because you talk about the grit, North American grit. They just got rid of one of their, I'd say one of the most grittiest players in the National Hockey League, Patrick Hornfist, this offseason. And right. you, like as much as Patrick Hornfist is probably dying down as a player and stuff like that, he's actually doing good in Florida. What am I saying? Start. But yeah, but like it, with Pittsburgh, he was always getting injured. He was always not putting up the points he was when he was with the big boys. But you, I, I think like when I'm watching them, you can clearly see they miss Patrick Hornfist. It's it's right there. Like as much as Kasperi Kapanen's good and that first is gone, he doesn't fill the need that Patrick Hornfist filled in no. Pittsburgh. And it's just, I don't know what the GM does. Like we're all, we always come to conclusion when someone gets hired, it's like, Oh, what direction are they going in? We're going to find out the direction in the off season a hundred percent because they have some guys that are coming off the books and they have some guys who they need to draft and without any draft picks, how are you going to do that? So their prospect pool is so weak. Exactly. So yeah, how really are they going to acquire young talent without giving up? talent on the roster is my question because they need to go young it's clearly there but does Crosby Malkin Latang want to stick around for that that's the question probably I don't I wonder think. those two Tom, untouchable but yeah go ahead yourself but Thomas it, you I it's funny how you said they might wait till the offseason I I don't know you think right I th- now I think if things continue to go south we might see something to be like, all right, let's let's shake it up. And I'm not saying it's Crosby or Malkin. I'm not even saying it's Chris Letang. But if Ron Hextall is serious here and Brian Burke is serious. Yeah, knows, just right? the thing, like, I know you say shake up, but, like, who has value on their team right now to shake yeah, up Gensel? No, that's, like, that's true. No, you're not going to trade Jake Gensel. Exactly. I so that like, I, I've been, like, I, I did mention Sam Bennett. Like, it's a smaller piece, but it's a mm-hmm. piece that we know Brian Burke loves, like, I saw some people really pushing, oh, maybe Jared McCann for Sam Bennett plus, you know, who knows, you know, something like that. I'm not saying, you know, I I do wonder though, if they look at their goaltending because Tristan Jerry hasn't been great and Casey DeSmith hasn't been great. I wonder if there's something there of we need to get our goaltending on track. And I know there's not really goalies on the market, I guess right now. Uh, but I wonder if that's potentially somewhere they look. Yeah, and that's a weird shift from a year ago mm-hmm. when they had the jury was really good, and they're all like, "Well, we have three all-star goalies. Who wants one?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> and now it's crazy to think. Yeah, um, we had Flurry and Murray, and you know, you had Jerry coming through the ranks. There was a point where like Casey DeSmith beat out Tristan Jerry, and. And then Jerry was an all-star last year. And yep. we know how good Matt Murray used to be. Yeah, it's it's really taking a nosedive. Yeah. So so you brought up I'm Sam exce- Bennett. Yeah, I might as well, right, Sammy? Yeah. Um, the Leaf fans, I don't know if you've been seeing this, if we're okay to move on. I've been seeing it. Um, would you be okay with Travis Dermott as the return for Sam Bennett? I'm going to go off what Mike and Jordan said a week ago when we had them on. I'd rather, if you're not getting another winger in return for Bennett, like I mentioned Jared McCann, 
if you're not getting a winger in return, I'd rather just take um, the cap space and the draft pick. Um, here's the thing. Am I saying Travis Dermott isn't good? No, he's a good hockey player, you know, but here's the problem. Mm-hmm. If the Flames do that, right, they bring in Travis Dermott. Is he, pl- is he playing over Mark Giordano? No. no. Is he playing over Noah Hannafin? No. Is he playing over Yusuf Alamaki? No. Travis Dermott really has never played the right side, correct? He never um, has... Re- not so very minimal. He was that was his spot in the with the Marlies was on the okay, right but at least in terms of playing the NHL, he's never really played the right side. You're no. not gonna, I don't think you're gonna take Nikita Nesterov off that pairing with Valamaki. Um, the other problem is let's say they do acquire Travis Dermott, they'd have to put him on waivers. What to send him to the taxi squad or whatever because they don't have the cap to keep him around. Oh, you're gonna lose him, so you're basically gonna give up Sam Bennett to put Travis Dermott on waivers and someone's going to claim him. That's where I don't really see the connection, at least in terms of um, Dermott. I, again, I like Travis Dermott. I don't think that's the move. I'd rather free up the, and I know Dermott makes like 700 K. He's barely anything yeah. against the cap, but he is waiver eligible and he is um, expansion eligible. So it's, it's a tricky situation with Bennett here unless, like like I said, either take the draft pick or find a lateral move where you can bring in a right winger or a left winger um, to replace him. Like I said, Jeremy McCann, I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm going to keep pushing that. Um, yeah, I don't know. And I know I've seen a lot on, like, the Leafs should bring him in. I don't no. I, I what's your guys' that. take on that? Because I know, I know a lot of people's opinions on it, and I know it all comes from well, he performs in the playoffs, and he doesn't really like. He had a good yeah. playoff last year. He had a like, good playoff in the bubble. I'll give Sam Bennett that he was really good in the bubble. But people talked about how he was so good against Colorado. He wasn't really in terms of his micro stats and how he actually impacted the games. He shot at a super high percentage, and his isolated impacts weren't very good. Even against Anaheim, like he made a few hits, wasn't really that impactful. Um, but what are your guys' like, thoughts on potentially uh, Sam Bennett in Toronto? We talked about this last episode, so I believe so. We can just make this a little bit quicker before we yeah. have a little bit more in the flames to talk about. And I know you want to talk about that. Um, I saw a lot of like Sam Bennett's not the guy that brings you to the playoffs, but he's the guy that gets you through. No, I don't really believe that no neither do i i think the cap hits too high for um like what they would want to bring in and i feel like it might be a little bit too high of a price to pay and i i feel like the Leafs are just looking elsewhere uh in terms of what they want to bring in um i saw a few names being thrown out there it was like uh like nick paul was a very good one um adrian kempe I believe. I think I saw Teddy Bluger. That I too, love that Charlie, name. Callie Yarncroke, uh, Ayafalo, like names like that. And you said Jaron McCann, like that too. And I think that's more of where they're aligned with rather than a Sam Bennett. But that's just my opinion on it. Yeah. Like I, I heard the Steve Dangle podcast. I don't know if you guys heard yesterday. Yeah, I but listened to it too. You listened to that clip yeah. of Bennett? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's 
it's i kind of agree with that in a way but like the reason you guys obviously heard that that bennett had so was the best player is because star players weren't stepping up in that spotlight in the playoffs 100%. correct so yep and i i really like sam bennett on a third line center role just he's probably going to expansion on the leafs and is he probably going on the flames yeah there there no, there's no way that they're protecting andrew there there's no way they're protecting bennett over Mangiapane, over Dubay, or even Michael Backlund at this point. It's not right. Happening. So, a draft so, pick you said is the yeah, perfect scenario. Yeah, either that or, like I said, a straight lateral move that gives you another winger that can impact, hopefully, on a higher scale. And like I said, like if I'm Bradley Living, I am calling Brian Burke today, and they listen. What will you give me for Sam Bennett? Because I know you love him. <laughs> I, I'd be on the phone. I'd be, Berkey, what do you want for him, man? So um, it's, it's weird. It's, I know we talked about Mike and Jordan to a pretty extent last week, and um, he's getting a chance playing with Jordan Monaghan right now. And he, well. didn't, he didn't look, yeah, he was actually decent last night. I don't love him on that line. I, I, I think they should give Josh Levo another chance. Um, but if they're doing this to kind of be like, hey, trade value. We'll see. Well, well, you know who the guy is, like you know the guy who impacts the chances, right? Like you know who that guy like sets out the lines. You know, I think he's called a coach, oh, right? Yeah, Jeff Ford. Get yeah. right into him, Russo. Um, no, like I, I want to talk about kind of the game last night, and even a little bit in the game on Saturday against Edmonton. Like, ugh, that first period against the Oilers on Saturday was just disgusting like <laughs> just again like another game where they didn't come prepared to play you took way too many penalties in the first and like I said it like I was like Jacob Hirschman's gonna have to be really good tonight because they iced a fourth line of Joachim Nordstrom, Zach Ronaldo and Byron Fraze I'm like what it's just you, dumb man like, like what are you guys doing like and Nordstrom takes two bad penalties one leads to a yeah. goal like like that first period was so bad and like I watched it I'm like man like like it was in Blasty's return I'm like I was losing it right and um I thought like the final 40 they were better but like thank god Miko Koskinen is terrible because there were times I was like oh I'm like thank god Koskinen's bad and thank god Jacob Merchant is very good um but like the game against Edmonton it was fun like the final two periods were a lot of fun uh Johnny Gaudreau was really good Sean Monaghan, you know, Chucky was better. Um, like Andrew Mangiapane and Michael Backlund have been phenomenal these last few games. And then even la- last night, I thought, was their best game in terms of a full 60. I thought they actually played very well from start of the game to the end. They definitely deserve that game against Winnipeg last night. And um, 3M line, 3.0. Milan, Michael, and Mangiapane. <laughs> Holy Lucic, I harp on this guy so much, but he's been very good um, since being put with uh, Backlund and Mangiapane. And like Mangiapane's been wow, he's been unbelievable like this season. Like when the puck starts going in for him, he scored last night. Mm-hmm. When like when the puck starts going in for him, more for him, and like hopefully they move him higher up the rotation. Um, this guy, he's so good, and he's been their best play driving forward. He's been probably their best even straight forward all season dare I say in the league, I know evolving hockey put that out, 
uh, not too long ago. He's been phenomenal. Uh, but like I said, once the puck starts going in for him, um, look out. Um, but in terms of Jeff Ward, like he he was better last night. I'll give Jeff Ward credit. A lot better last night managing the lines, saying, okay, this is what we're going to do. Like he didn't give the fourth line a ton of rope. Um, Josh Levo was really good, I thought, last night in his limited role. Byron Frey scored a goal. Yeah. When the hell did that uh, happen? Like, yeah, just- nice. Quickly, I like I watched um, the highlights too of that game, and one thing I realized, like, they scored with what one thirty left or something. Yeah, they scored with one forty-two. That's what it was, and just the it's. I know it's an empty building and whatever, but the cheer from the entire team and like the celebration. Oh yeah, it felt different watching that opposed to a lot of other times, and almost like one of those like leapfrog games that you can really, really build off of. And yeah, going I thought they're, they're what they're fifth in the, the division with 12 games played in 13 points. Yeah. And they're, they're right. They're right behind three Edmonton behind Edmonton in terms of games played in three yeah. points. Yeah. They I got, they got pretty safe to say they move into the top four. Right. Yeah. I, I still think they're going to make it. I think. Yeah, so, and I know Tom, you were saying, we don't really know what this team is. I think they're more of the team that they were last night rather than the yes. team they were against the Canadians or even those few games against the Jets last week. When they're going, this is a good team. Yeah. And when and they that- and like and now they got the goalie mm-hmm. in Jacob Markstrom, who's been awesome. No complaints about Jacob Markstrom. Um, you know, it, it just I do think there's a lot with Jeff Ward where it's like, man, they have to outplay their coach every night that's tough it is is. like you know and it's annoying when you know you have josh levo sitting there where his isolated impacts have been very good just he has no puck luck and you have him either scratched which they did against edmonton for zach ronaldo or you have him play on the fourth line and um it is getting a little annoying at this point um but you know what they're i think they're a better team than some are giving them credit for um, there's a lot of games I thought they should have won. I thought they should have taken at least one of those games against the Leafs. Yep, the second um, game probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would. I'd argue the first game. Like uh, they didn't like that first period against the Leafs was terrible. They shouldn't have been in it. Um, but they should have taken at least one of those games. They should have taken at least three points. One of those games should have at least gone overtime. Um, but yeah, like, and I think the biggest thing from last night is. You got it in regulation. Biggest thing. That, and yeah, because that makes it a four-point game. These it, it's so ridiculous. These four-point games, like every game means something. Yeah, and, and I was and I was now, like, uh, we talk a lot about in normal seasons. Christmas is your like, or what is it? Thanksgiving, American mm-hmm. Thanksgiving is your your inner Europe. Yep. I believe that's what twenty-five percent of the way through the season, roughly. Yeah, roughly. We're there. Yep. We are there. And it feels weird just like we haven't seen, at least like for the Leafs, we haven't seen most of the teams in this division or half of them, whatever, uh, enough to where you can really judge. And all these four point games are really like they're really crucial, especially like last night, uh, where if that goes into overtime, you're all of a sudden Winnipeg gets a leg up, might even win, yep. whatever. But now you've gained essentially four points on them. Yeah, so it'll be I was, really interesting to see. I was thinking it to myself. 
I was thinking to myself after the game, I'm like, if you're the Flames, how many of these teams can you realistically take to overtime for the rest of the year? And my first thought was the Sens, because the Sens aren't going to catch you. And like, if you're at a point in the year where you're, you know, you're not going to catch Toronto or even Montreal to an extent, you can take those games to overtime. If like, if you win those games, it's not going to matter that the Leafs or the Habs or even the Sens got a point. It's the games against Vancouver. It's the games against Edmonton. Um, and it's the games against Winnipeg. You have to win in regulation. It's making yeah. it really exciting. Super it exciting. I was so pumped just, when Lindholm scored. Like, yeah. just thank God. Um, just like, I really do think this is sort of, this will kickstart a Flames run, I think. I think so. I think this is almost, you know, hopefully, hopefully. They play, like I said, they got the Canucks. You better win at least two of those three or three of those four. I don't know if it's three or four, but hopefully. Um, I guess we'll move on. We kind of spent a, a, a little bit there. Um, COVID outbreaks. Holy. So we know the Devils got rampage through um, a couple weeks ago. We know a ton of games got postponed. I was talking to one of my buddies who's a Devils fan. Um, Thomas, you know him. Um, and he was saying how like he hasn't watched a Devils game in two weeks. And it's like, yeah, like Mackenzie right. Blackwood. Yeah, he was like, Mackenzie Blackwood went on COVID protocol and now everyone's on COVID protocol. He's like, it's kind of a joke, but um, I really hope this doesn't, you know, destroy this season. Like at least the Canadian teams, thank God, like we've been able to watch our teams play. Yeah, and but I'm expecting man, something to happen eventually. I don't think it'll be as big as the states. Hopefully. No, no, no. Hopefully, um, no, because like you're looking at it now, like Colorado, Buffalo, Minnesota, New Jersey all have it. The Flyers are currently Philly got it last something. night. Like, Philly was what was it? It was Sanheim, Giroux, and I want to say it was Braun, maybe. Yeah, Braun, Braun, Justin Braun. That was like, yeah. Like, go look at your fantasy lineups. See how many. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Are. I know it's not yeah. fun for me. <laughs> no, I'm getting dummy. The, the amount of times I've seen PPD, I'm like, yeah. here we go again. I'm gonna lose this Dude, week. Jack I'm Hughes gonna was, lose money. Like, Dude, Jack Hughes was lighting it up for me, and now he hasn't played a game in two weeks. Yeah, like, you know, um, I benched like, him. I benched him once, and he put up like six points. Well, like, there's, there's one thing we're not really. Again. There's one thing we're really not talking about here because I don't know if you guys saw this, but the Blues and Coyotes are going to be playing seven straight games. That's yes. insane. I, I love it because of this. That, that like, and you know what? Arizona is out playing the Blues. They're out playing yeah, them. I saw that. I saw that game. Buzzer beater from Keller, and then the shootout, I think, shootout winner? Yeah, yes, shootout yeah. Winner. Braden Shen, like, lost the puck. So, like, I don't know, seven games in a row versus the same team? Like, that's all these teams' fault. And yeah, I know we, I, I saw it coming, but, like, this bad and, like, so early in the year, it's just like, oh, my God. The like, NFL yeah. wasn't even this bad, and the NBA wasn't even this bad. See, uh, or has it been? I don't know. If you allow me think on the NFL for a second. <laughs> so... In 31 Thoughts, he Elliot Friedman hinted at what the NHL did versus the NFL. Mm-hmm. And as we know, the NHL removed the back glass on the benches. What is that going to do? No. I don't know. It's, Nothing. it's like for airflow, to, which is bullshit. It's bullshit. And it's going to add to 
calls of delay of game that right yeah okay anyways keep i can't going. wait till game seven stanley cup final where they can't determine if the puck went over or not. <laughs> just put a bar there it's not hard like please um but anyways uh there's a differences between like the nhl and the nfl and the nfl had something where their contract tracing to start the year it was the 15 minute or direct contact no mask whatever uh and you had to be put in protocol and then they determined that wasn't working. So they made any contact, anything. Didn't matter, whatever. Then you had to go to protocol. And we saw more players being put on the protocol, but it worked overall, mm-hmm. less total outbreaks. And then they also found that um, direct playing had no effect on COVID spread. And that's probably due to it being outdoors and uh, whatever. But like the NHL is a little bit different. We've seen it. That's how the Sabres got it. They played the Devils. And it's interesting to see the, like, the little differences in that. Because at least the NFL, you have the benefit of the doubt of being outdoors. And they had zero evidence that it was being spread between teams from playing. The NHL wore 20 25% through the season. And we've seen it happen multiple times, which is worrying. I've, I've said, I said it to my, my dad. I said, like, you know, if the NFL got through it and the NBA got through it, the NHL shouldn't be able to get through it. We'll see. I don't know what through it looks like, though. Like, is it like this? Is through it this? No, like, but I mean, like, you know how, like, the, when the NBA season started, there was, like, a lot of guys, like, yeah. like Russell Westbrook, James Harden, like, big, big-time big players. But, like, we ha- I don't know. I don't know about you guys. I haven't seen really anything from the NBA's point of view now. Of like guys going into protocol like on mass so. levels, right? In a way, the, the NFL got through their season pretty cleanly after those first first month. All considering, yeah. All, um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's but, you know I I hope things don't get ruined. You know they already have like and like because they already have a potential start date for next season, which was October thirteenth. That's what the rumor is so we're not even gonna hit the end date now in may it's oh, gonna I go know. to june that's, that's the problem that's the right they're doing they're gonna do point percentage that is so they, stupid i don't like, get that they've already told the teams i think new jersey is one of them that they're like you're not finishing your schedule we're gonna go off of point percentage which, and i assume minnesota might be another one that they do and this is why the nhl this is why the 24th team in the national hockey last year is good right now that, that this is why like quite literally, it has a yeah. trickle-down effect of the Montreal Canadiens are currently good because the NHL cannot handle stuff. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, it's this is frustrating though. Like it is because considering look how amazing the bubble went, not one positive test, not one, and yeah. no one thought. Myself included, thought they wouldn't be able to pull this off. Oh yeah, for sure. Everyone, I was one yeah. of those people. Like when Austin Matthews tested positive, when that when that dumbass story by Steve Simmons <laughs> came out, when I heard about that, I'm like, just cancel it. I'm like, you really think you can play hockey during a mass pandemic? And then they did it clean. Nothing happened when you saw in the NBA. Only one two. Yeah, and like you saw in the NBA, like was it Lou Williams? Like went out. Yeah. Yeah, he just there was that. Wings, there was that. The, the NWHL, <laughs> like, chicken wings. yeah, he just wanted by, chicken wings. By the yeah. way, the athletic yes. article on those chicken wings, go read it if you're subscribed. 
It's fantastic. It's genuinely um, an amazing article. No, but <laughs> like, like tested the chicken wings. Oh, I bet. But like, like I was saying, like they got through it so clean. Like, and like I said, we saw with the NBA, the NWHL shut down after a week. That's terrible. Because there was like so brutal, just brutal. Because positive tests and the NHL went through it clean. They got through from end of July to when did the season end? End of September. They got through it yeah, clean. You know, and I understand you can't do a full time bubble. I get Mm-mm. that. You know, I, I players have to see their families. You can't keep them cooped up for months on end. I get that. It is it is a little disappointing, and I hope they can figure this out. I I really just be more responsible. Do you want to play hockey or not? Yep. You know, honestly, like now, you know, if we can continue destroying the NHL and their ability to do things properly. Did you guys see the goal penalty that wasn't a penalty and also wasn't a goal, but was also offside, but also wasn't offside call in the club? Yes. I had to like watch multiple things on that to understand what was going on. Cause I was reading through it on Twitter and I'm like, I have no idea. Then someone like I watched a video and they explained it. And I'm like, Oh, dumb. But for anyone listening, Tom, do you want to explain what happened in the Columbus Carolina game on Sunday? The NHL has a few extra protocols uh, in terms of, how they're handling video review and whatnot. Basically the situation room in Toronto is normally a giant gathering of people watching all the games, all the angles, all the replays and sending them individually to the referees. Because of COVID, they have to be separated, which leads to a little bit of miscommunication, especially among interns being trained, which I'm no expert on running a business. I don't want my interns directly calling goals in the National Hockey League. <laughs> um, now, feel bad for that person. That is, oh yeah. I mean, you don't mean to do it. You're set up to fail. That's kind of unfortunate. But the intern sent the wrong replay to the referees, who, because of COVID protocol, also had to take extra time to sanitize the headsets, which led to them missing the review room calling back to them and saying hey we sent you guys the wrong replay don't drop the puck so they missed the that going back they dropped the puck anyway which by nhl rules that goal officially stands so then as a little bit of a hey sorry columbus at the intermission a minute and a half later um they what took off the last 30 seconds of the penalty columbus had to kill I mean, it's poor Columbus, man. <laughs> they can't catch a break, and yeah. everything that could go wrong for them is currently going wrong. And it just that's very unfortunate for them, and it just it just happens to be them. What can you do? The NHL what an absolute clown show that was! Like, yeah. So they the whole explanation. I think it was Colin Campbell came out and said, like, oh, like. We didn't want to break precedent by, you know, taking back a goal when puck had already been dropped. But then they also broke precedent by just saying, screw the penalty. If you were going to yes. do it, you should have just said, okay, we screwed up. Sorry. Penalty continues. Like, what? Wait. And then I saw two other sides from it of, like, the player that was offside had no effect on the play anyway, which, sure, I get it. Technically, it's still offside, and this offside rule is dumb, even though they've tried to fix it, and it's gotten better. Um, but then you, like, 
no effect on the play. And then you have the other side of it where it's, you challenged it. I get that the NHL messed up, but you have to be on top to be like, hey, that's the one I want reviewed. Also, you take the risk challenging that this might happen. Like, I don't know if you guys see my side here of like human error on both sides. Referees calling it, yes or no. Or you have replay, which they can still mess up. And I get the whole replay thing, but just from the side of coaches, I guess you kind of have to, like, you, you're taking a risk anyway. I don't know. It's, it's bad. You know what else is bad? Um, everything in Columbus, actually, is everything. Everything's bad at right now. So if you were living under a rock last weekend, uh, Liney was benched. Torts might not come back. And Miko Koivu retires. He just said screwed and left. Quarter way through the season, Miko Koivu signs a one-year deal with the Columbus Blue Jackets and retires after, what, nine games? Is there something wrong with the culture of Columbus? Because it's clearly making me feel like there's something wrong there. And I don't know what it is. Is it the GM? Is it the city? Is it the arena? Is it the coach? You guys tell me. Like, I have no clue anymore. Here's what... I've collected from this. I think there's a real disconnect between coaching and management. I think there's a real disconnect between Yarmo Kekalainen and John Torrella of what they want for this team. We've seen Columbus make two pretty big moves since the offseason. The first was shipping out Josh Anderson for Max Domi. Straight up offensive player, not going to give you a lot defensively, but super good offensively. Then we saw or recently them ship out Pierre-Luc Dubois, who very much didn't want to be there, for another all-offense player in Patrick Laine. Those kind of players don't really mesh with John Tortorella. And I think this might be Torts sending a message to and saying, what are you doing? <laughs> but, at the, but at the same time, it's also Kekalainen saying, hey, we need goals. Play them the way they should be. And I'm not going to sit here and defend Patrick Laine. He hasn't really been great at five on five. He scored a few power play goals, you know, the usual Patrick Laine does. Um, but it's just, I don't necessarily, like people always say, well, once Torts leaves, you know, though um, players want to be in Columbus. No, I don't, that's never been the case. And I don't think once Torts leaves or whatever happens with him, I don't think that's going to change in terms of Columbus. I just think it's not a city I don't think people want to play in. And there's always going to be desire to go to a bigger city, bigger market. You know, the Miko Koivu thing is just so weird. He came out and said it's just because he couldn't get into the shape he needed to to perform. Um, I don't know. We'll never know the full story on Miko Koivu. Yeah, like you could always make assumptions as well. Like you obviously you could go Miko Koivu. Oh, he hates Tortorella. Line A. Oh, line, Tortorella hates Line A. Like you could always make assumptions, but at the end of the day, you'll never actually really know what happened. So, uh, Tom, what are your thoughts on this? Like I said uh, in the episode after the show or after the trade happened that uh, Tortorella like will do his best to love Line even though we know he won't. That aged poorly because what we are now three or four games. Three games. 
three games. And he's been benched, and apparently it was because he mouthed off to the assistant coach, and apparently he's going to make an apology for that later today. Uh, but, and, and, like, knowing Patrick Line outside of that and, like, hearing stories, I I fully believe that that happened. Um, <laughs> but it's still, like, it goes against what I thought they would do with just make sure that they love him and you brought like the disconnect between gm and coach i think it's really there because yeah. this team is being constructed in a way that um originally with anderson dubois and everything that plays into torts's hands that's the way torts a tort a tortorella team should be constructed yeah now we're seeing it go kind of the other way when you have more skill, a little bit more flash, like Jack Rosselvick. Where the hell did that come from? <laughs> um, and it's just, they're going to opposite sides quicker than they probably should. And Tortorella, maybe he sees the writing on the wall and just sends that as a message. But I really don't know like what is going on there. I'm can't really make assumptions but if i'm columbus they were sitting top in the division like a week ago were they not mm-hmm. something like I, don't that. Know, I don't know where they stand now but i'm gonna assume it's <laughs> dropped down from tops in the division and will probably continue and i, I can tell you in one yeah. second where they are yeah okay um, um they sit fourth they're still in a playoff spot but carolina's one point back with four games in hand dallas is two points back with three games at four games in hand. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah. they, they sit outside the playoffs, um, essentially. So I don't know. And then you're Columbus and we talked about Vancouver winning a playoff round and then falling apart. Columbus beat the Leafs and so far they're falling apart. So uh, take what you will from that. But like – I have a problem with this a bit and it's kind of with Tortorella. Like the guy comes out for the post game and, you know, obviously they're clearly going to ask him about line A. Why did you bench him? And then he says um, that stays in the house. Well, then a day later it comes out. What? Yeah. What? what? It stays in the yeah. house. Just tell us what happened. It got out anyway. Like you're just making it more. Um, you're making it all eyes on you when you say that stuff already, because you already are known to be that guy in the media where you are not going to answer the question right. You're going to bash at the NHL and you're just putting more spotlight on your team. This is what he does. And it's not, it's negatively impacting his team because it got out anyways, guys, the next day. So I don't know what he was talking about. And I like Tortorella as a coach and Russo, you said the disconnect is clearly there because Tortorella is going to go hundred percent when he's coaching. There's no doubt about that. He's not going to yeah. be a losing coach in this league. I'm sorry. No. So he's going 100%. Is Kekalainen going 100%? I don't know. Everyone left his team a couple of years ago and he's traded for offensive weapons. I don't know. Like we can, we talked about the green versus Jim Benning. Who's out first? Who's out first? Tortorella or Kekalainen? Like we don't know. Yeah, I think it's Torts. I think Torts is just going to say screw it and leave. I believe his, I think, no, but his contract's up at the end of the year, I think. Yeah. Like I think that's a whole big thing. Like he just might not come back. Yeah. And if you're Yarmo Kekalainen, you need to get – I think they have Max Domi for another year. They have to re-up line A, you know, at the end of the year. Like, they're going to have to get the most out of those two to be successful. Yeah. You need it, you know. Um, 
we'll see. You know, Torts is a guy like his shell life with a team isn't very long. We've seen it like with a lot of teams. Vancouver, once he got stale, get out. With uh, with New York, once he got stale, get out. We'll see it now with Columbus. I think it's possible the players have just had enough. I and think that's what it is. That you too, like, shelf I, life? like I think yeah. he's outlived his shelf life, and the players are just yeah. He's a like he was a lot like I'm not saying he's as crazy as Mike Keenan or even as big as a lunatic as he is, but it's almost like that situation where it's like Keenan, you couldn't keep him around for very long, or else things would have you know. We've heard the stories. I don't know if you guys have listened to you know Tim Staples about oh, yeah. chicklets, but oh yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, like he doesn't, you know, he's one of those guys where like, I bet amazing. I, we know Torts looks like an awesome dude off the ice. Seems like the most genuine guy ever. Um, I just, I don't know if it's going to work for this particular team, especially with a guy like Patrick Kleine, mm-hmm. who you need, you need him to get back to where he was in 17, 18 or else. We'll see. But Jack Russell looks been, he's been good. <laughs> So um, we're going to move on to our performances of the week um, or other, otherwise known as our player of the week. Um, I'll start with you, Thomas. Who was your player of the week? Player of the week. Yeah. So my guy just came back from an injury. We thought he was going to be out till March. And it's number 88 of the Boston Bruins, their best goal scorer, David Pasternak. He played three games since we last recorded. Five goals, two assists, seven points in those three games. That's honestly incredible. And then he gets a hat-trick versus Philly in that comeback win. He was a plus three, two power play goals, one power play assist. Um, so he clearly did not miss a beat at all. Um, he's clearly back. He's clearly pumping those points and goals in. So I, this guy just, like, in a way, I don't know. Like, obviously, he's not underrated. But in a way, you may, like, when he was injured, no one made, no one really talked about him, how he was like injured. And then he comes back in seven points of three games. It's just like, wow, this guy's actually really, really good. So he's always been good. And I'd take him over a lot of players in this league, but yeah, player of the week, David Pasternak, he's probably going to be featured on here multiple times this year. So oh, yeah. oh. a guy who might not be multiple features on this is your boy Rousseau. And you just talked about him. So, Oh yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Jack Russell. Like the guy had, since he's arrived in Columbus, seven points in seven games. He scored that highlight real goal um, the other night against the Hurricanes. Um, he's been a spark plug for them. He's been getting things done, has two goals. You know, he's been really – I, I haven't been able to watch too much of him, but he looks engaged. He looks really good. Our buddy who's a Jets fan has said, hey, look, he's actually good. You know, look at him. You know, he just wasn't getting an opportunity in Winnipeg. Uh, now he's – I think he's centering the first line. In, in um, in Columbus, so he looks good. Um, he's my player of the week. Tom, we know. Uh, will it be another Leaf third week, third week in a row? I picked Ehlers last night or last week. Did I not? I no, so. you went no? with Mitch. Man, I really need to stop. I picked Ehlers. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. I it's the only team I get to watch. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> rest of the league irrelevant. Um. It is the best goal scorer in the National Hockey League. Austin Matthews, 58 goals in his last 82 regular season games. That's actually Guys, so dumb. 58 goals. That is a ridiculous number. And then in the past week, I believe he had five goals 
zero assists. I don't really care. Um, and an eight game goal streak. I believe that's what it is. There was the injury missed game in between, which I don't really count that. I know. You yeah. missed a game. You still scored on the other ones. You didn't play and miss a, or you didn't play and not score. So I'm counting that eight game goal streak, which I believe puts them in like, it's one of the longest of all time, apparently, which I honestly would have thought that was a lot higher, but um, yeah, Austin Matthews. Not much to say on him. No, it's funny goals, how. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's funny we all we all picked Matthews our rocket guy, and he gets to pick on this Canadian division all year. He's gonna do it. Yeah. Oh, it's like, he's absolutely. Good. And like, w- like if this guy ends up getting like fifty, that'd be that'd, that'd be so it. nuts, dude. Be, it, it's gonna Isn't be he on uh, okay. Yeah. Or something close. Is. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like 51 or it, something. It's yeah. Okay, I'll put the question to you guys then. What would be more impressive? Austin Matthews hitting 50 goals in 56 games, or it'll be 55 because he missed one, or both Leon Drysaddle and Connor McDavid breaking 100 points in 56 games? That is a great question. I'd say 50 goals, though. That's insane. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How I'm going to say Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid because that's what they'd roughly hit about 120 points. Or, sorry, 200 points so in a full season. Something like that. Late I think it's 150, days. not 200. 200 is too high. Yeah, just casually 25 more than Kucherov had the other year. Like, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, like, Sorry, go ahead. Matthews had, yeah, Matthews did, I believe it was two years ago. He was at about 21 and 20, I want to say it was. And then he got hurt, which 21 goals in 20 games is a ridiculous amount, especially in, against like the whole of the NHL. Yeah. And especially the division, division. with Tampa, Boston. Um, yeah. So like 50 wouldn't, it would shock me, but it wouldn't surprise me if he came somewhere close to it. But yeah. yeah. I'm going to go with um, Drysaddle and McDavid uh, hitting 100. It's obviously a lot harder to score goals than take it, make assists or get assists. Um, but I look at the the team Austin Matthews has around him, and Austin Matthews is the best part of the Leafs, no question. Yes. Um, but considering what Leon Drysaddle and Connor McDavid have to put up with every single night, I think it'd be pretty impressive if um, both of them hit 100. It'd be wild. Imagine like Drysaddle had 110 and 70 last year, and McDavid had 97 and like 60 something. Like, man, like they're both next level, and that'd be wild. And then the team around them's non existent. Whereas, like, yeah, exactly. Like, you know what? Shout out Jesse Pouillard, who's been good though. He, he's looked really good. He has. He has. He's looked really I, good. He's taken a lot of criticism, and I don't think it's been very much deserved. Um, but then, like, we talk about Matthews and the like the fifty goals, whatever. Woo. Um, I'm sorry, but Austin Matthews doesn't have to play with Zach Hassan. He's got no. he's got Mitch Marner on one wing, yeah. which if you're a pure goal scorer and he's a pure passer, I think that's a pretty good combination. <laughs> to be fair, I, I do like <laughs> I do like that Edmonton is playing Puliyarvi with McDavid because yes. they're because they're going they're going Nuge, McDavid, Puliyarvi. And then Yamamoto, Drysaddle, Cahoot. Um, like I said it when Pugliarvi signed, 
just like playing with McDavid. And now yeah, they are. And now it's working out. He scored a nice goal against the Flames. Um, but yeah, he's. I'm happy that they're playing him there because he, Tom, you got to see him when you were in Finland last year. He's got a lot of skill. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all worth it just for all the faces this guy makes. Do you he, see he him? Got a, he got a good laugh. We can. There's a picture of um, I saw him in the town I was in, Uvascula. He played in Olu, which is way up in the north. And I'm I marked the game down on the calendar of this is Jesse Puyarvi day. So I made a sign for him, and it was like, if you flip me a puck, I'll free you from Edmonton. And he flipped me a puck, read the sign, had a good laugh, and then went over to all of his teammates and coaches and pointed at me with the sign. And <laughs> that's <laughs> sick. They all had a really good laugh, and there was a few yeah. really good players on that team too. So <laughs> I just I find it funny. Like it seems like every time the Oilers play, a Clipper picture come out of Puliarvi just like with the dumbest face just laughing like there there's a, i saw a clip on twitter uh like dave tippett is like arguing with the ref he's yelling at him and pooley Irving's just off to the side just like uh he's making like the weird like he's making like the weird pizza face like he made when remember there was that clip of him eating pizza in his rookie year oh my god i love jesse pooley and then there's a mashup of pooley and matthews's face and it was it was the one scariest of the thing i've ever seen it was it was brutal yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you guys have anything else to add? No. Uh, Jesse Poyarvi is really good, and that's yeah. awesome. Matthews might hit 50. Um, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> the Leafs. To my TED talk. <laughs> obviously, the Leafs have a big game, number one and two in the division going out of tight, Leafs and Habs. Um, yes. So that should be a fun one. Um, uh, I just wanted to put out oh, quickly Travis Dermott is in the lineup, and Carey Price is getting to start. Yes. Carey Price, anyone... who has yep. a below 900 save percentage. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah, but doesn't Freddie or Freddie's must have crept over with that game against Vancouver? Yes, it was sitting at like an eight six ninety seven, and I think it's now a nine oh four. Yeah, because he had he made a he had a really good game. So it went up. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, we 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 talked about them a lot, but uh, anyway. Um, that's really going to conclude it for this episode. Like always, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Burning Leaf Pod. Uh, we do have a YouTube channel where we do release clips. That's The Burning Leaf Pod as well. Um, and yeah, we will see you guys in the next one.